feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. On the Rita Cosby Show, former President Trump going on the offense. He says, listen, I am fed up. And he is now suing New York Attorney General Letitia James, saying on his social media platform, Truth Social, announcing the lawsuit, uh, saying that Tish James does nothing to protect New Yorkers against crime. She's not talking about crimes and criminals. She's just talking about the same thing that President Biden is talking about. Trump, 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 Trump. And so President Trump in the lawsuit says that she has, quote, abused her position as attorney general to pursue a relentless, pernicious, public and unapologetic crusade against President Trump. He filed it in Florida because he's a resident of Palm Beach County, Florida, And he says it's clear that her stated goal is destroying him personally, financially, and politically. So what do you make of this lawsuit now coming from the former president saying that she is clearly out for herself, not out for the people of New York, that she is just motivated by hate against the current, uh, the former president? And that her current focus is not on crime and protecting the people of New York, but sort of a one goal in mind, go after Trump. What are your thoughts, everybody? And do you think he has a case? Um, It's interesting because it comes around the same time. Remember, he was supposed to hand over documents uh, related to the January 6th committee. It also comes when he is supposed to testify. Remember, the date for turning over stuff is the 4th. The date for turning over his testimony, actually delivering his testimony before the committee, is supposed to be the 14th. So this comes on the heels of a lot of stuff. And what a surprise. It's right around the midterm elections. So, boy, this looks awfully fishy. I always said this when the whole thing happened with January 6th. Because if Republicans take control of the House, the first thing they're going to do is go, "Uh, what January 6th commission? That's over with. Let's start one of Hunter. Let's start one of the border. Let's start one of, you know, uh, President Biden on a whole bunch of different issues. What about telling the Saudis to wait to drop the price until after the midterms? There's a lot of things that the Republicans could go after. And they are so laser focused on Trump, 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 Trump. So it is an interesting move that he is now basically countersuing, if you will, saying that she is out to get him for personal, financial, and political reasons. Do you think he has a case, and do you think it's a good move on his part? I think it's important that he fights back, especially because he says he did nothing wrong, and he says, you know what, this is all out to get him. And there are rumors, by the way, in the last few hours that there's a very good chance that President Trump may announce right after the midterms that he is running for president in 2024. So as soon as the midterms happen, which is now Tuesday, less than a week away, it's going to be like turbocharge. And then we could see potentially the former president say he's going to run again. And then, boy, if you think they were out to get him before that, you know they're going to be like, if you thought like the darts were coming from every direction, wait till he announces. If he does indeed announce, which I think he will, 
If he starts announcing, oh, my goodness, they're going to, like, try to step it up times 10. But if the Republicans are in the House, they can certainly do a lot of things to block it and block a lot of the ones that have clearly been politically driven. So what are your thoughts, everybody, as to where all of this is headed? Uh, Coming up on the show in about 10 minutes from now, we are going to have on the Rita Cosby show the former Trump communications director, Tim Murtaugh is going to be joining us. So I can't wait to get Tim's take on all of this. And also, this comes as President Biden is like Tish James. It's like they have Trumpitis. It's like Trump, 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 Trump. I mean, to me, I can't believe that we have the President of the United States. We've got the midterm elections right around the corner. Clearly, he's seeing the polls and the White House is seeing the polls that we're all seeing And it is not looking good for Democrats in a couple key areas where they thought they had a lock. So the races are tightening, the numbers are tightening, and they're very concerned that they may lose control of the House and maybe the Senate. And so what is President Biden doing? It's sort of typical. I mean, it's this tone-deaf nature. They're not talking about the economy. They're not talking about crime. They're not talking about inflation. They're not talking about the border. And instead... All the president is talking about is mega MAGA, threat to democracy, January 6th. It's like a broken record over and over again. And I think people are sick of it. I think they're seeing through it. They're seeing that it's a complete distraction from the issues that are affecting their daily lives. Is there anybody out there? I don't know a single person who said, you know what, Uh, all I think about is January 6th. No, right now, all they think about is being able to put gas in their tank. They're worried about buying food for their family, being able to pay the bills. They're worried about walking down the street without getting clocked in the head. They're worried about a lot of things. They're worried about homelessness. They're worried about illegal migrants crossing the border, 5.5 million since President Biden took office. They're not worried about mega MAGA. And the fact that President Biden used his time, here it is, less than a week from the midterms, to just spend the whole time blasting Trump and anybody associated with Trump and basically doing this big, broad brush smearing the Republican Party, I thought was really distasteful. And it just also shows such an unbelievable disconnect that this president and this White House has. They, it shows they don't have anything else in their in their uh, wheelhouse. All they can do is just go after Trump and say, mega MAGA, threat to democracy, Uh, deplorables, whatever word you want to use, as opposed to saying, here's our plan to get the economy going. Here's our plan to reduce crime. Here's our plan to maybe eventually admit that we have an open border and try to close the border. No, no, no. They're not coming up with solutions. Everything is Trump, Trump, Trump. And it just shows that it's a complete distraction and that this is just all politics for them. And it just shows to me That they don't really have a plan. And that to me is concerning as an American because after what we're all seeing with our own two eyes, rising crime, rising interest rates, we just had another rate hike and another one's right around the corner. If you have a mortgage and you got a variable rate, you're basically going to be giving away your firstborn child. I mean, it's like things are skyrocketing and they're not coming up with a single solution. All he's doing is talking about January 6th. As if that's going to be able to reduce the prices, uh, make things more affordable for you so you could take a vacation for your family. I mean, this to me is so unbelievable. The smears and the attacks and everything is Trump, Trump, Trump. 
which shows to me that they don't have anything else to pull out to try to dissuade voters in their mind from voting for Republicans. They see the polls. We see the polls. Clearly, the races are tightening. Many places, the Republicans are surging and moving even ahead of Democratic candidates, and they're worried and they're desperate. And that's why he is willing to say anything or do anything to try to get people not to vote for Republicans. It also shows he is so worried about President Trump because there was a new poll that just came out today that showed in a matchup. By the way, had it happened a few months ago? It was neck and neck. There was a time where Biden was ahead of Trump in a in a potential matchup in a second matchup. Then just a few weeks ago, you know, it was sort of neck and neck, if you will. There was a new poll that came out. Trump is quite a bit ahead. And guess what? You know darn well this president saw that poll. You know darn well he's seeing that white suburban female voters in particular, according to The Wall Street Journal, are moving away from Republicans and are moving uh, moving toward Republicans, moving away from Democrats. And that is bad news for the Democratic Party because that was a key constituency for President Biden. But they're moving away now and they're headed toward the GOP. They're in droves. I mean, there was like a 27-point swing from where they were before to now in the last few weeks in particular. They're seeing the crime. They're seeing the economy. And like everybody else, they are fed up. And Hispanics are moving closer to Republicans as well. Key groups that they want and they need. So now this president, all he's got in his wheelhouse is Trump, Trump, Trump. And he's trying everything. Listen to this leap. He goes, Trump. Then he goes January 6th. Then he goes Pelosi attacker Uh, in his first sentence. This is how he opened up his big speech tonight. Take a listen. It's hard to even say. After the assailant entered the home asking, where's Nancy? Where's Nancy? Those are the very same words used by the mob when they stormed the United States Capitol on January the 6th. On January the 6th. So everything's January 6th. Trump, 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 Trump. And then here he is. Again, within seconds, going after who he clearly is worried about, President Trump. Take a listen. It was an enraged mob that had been whipped up into a frenzy by a president repeating over and over again the big lie that the election of 2020 had been stolen. And then he clearly said what his objective is. When you go to the voting booth, because you probably don't obviously like our policies on crime. You don't like the way we've handled the economy. But think of January 6th when you go to the voting booth. I'm sure that's what everybody's thinking. I don't know of a soul who's thinking of January 6th when they go to the voting booth right now. But Biden wants us to think that because he thinks that will help the Democratic Party. Take a listen to what he just said. Here it is a week from one of the most important midterms, skyrocketing inflation. And this is all he's got. This is also the first election since the events of January 6th, when the armed angry mob stormed the U.S. Capitol. I wish I wish I could say the assault on a democracy had ended that day, but I cannot. As I stand here today, there are candidates running for every level of office in America, for governor, Congress, attorney general, secretary of state, who won't commit They will not commit to accepting the results of elections that they're running in. This is a path to chaos in America. It's unprecedented. It's unlawful. And it's un-American. 
then he said, it's not about me. It's about democracy. In other words, vote for Democrats unless you want a threat to democracy. It was disgusting. It was self-serving. And to me, it was arrogant and completely disconnected. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And when we come back, I'll take your calls. Also, we have former Trump communications director, Tim Murtaugh. We're going to be talking to him in just a few minutes as well. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, President Biden gave, I would call it his second or third Darth Vader speech because it was dark. It was dreary. It was anybody who is mega MAGA or associated with it is a threat to democracy. And the only way to solve it, what a surprise, is to vote Democratic. He doesn't talk about the economy, doesn't talk about crime, doesn't talk about the border, but he keeps talking Trump, 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 and January 6th. So is this a sign of desperation? Well, joining us now to talk about all of this is former Trump communication director, Tim Murtaugh. Uh, Tim, great to have you here. What was your reaction uh, to President Biden tonight? You know, here he is at the Union Station in Washington, and it was all about Trump, 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 January 6th. And basically, you got to vote Democratic or the future of the world's at stake. Yeah, that I mean, my reaction, Rita, was that sadly, it's it's what I've come to expect from this president. He he is really uh, an overboard partisan, practically all the time. This this was a campaign speech aimed at Democrats and only Democrats. This was not a speech by the president of the United States to the whole country. And what this indicates to me is that we're six days away from a really crucial midterm election. And this is where Biden has chosen to plant the flag. He clearly has a problem and doesn't think that the Democrat voters are going to be turning out next Tuesday. That's why he gave this speech as a last ditch effort to try to fire them up. Most Americans, are concerned with inflation, the price of gas, and violence rising in their communities. That's what poll after poll says. That's what the candidates that I work with say that voters are telling them. And Biden just doesn't want to hear it because he's up to his eyeballs and having created those problems. So this is the direction he goes. It was terribly divisive uh, and really, I think, just an awful speech at this time for the president of the United States. And for someone who billed himself as, you know, the uniter in chief, Tim. The other thing, too, is all I kept thinking about is when I heard him say there should be no violence, all I kept thinking about was, well, what about the summer of 2020 where he said nothing? What about uh, the Marco Rubio staffer who sadly was beaten recently? He said nothing. What about the assassin, the would-be assassin who showed up outside the home of Kavanaugh? Brett Kavanaugh, Supreme Court justice, and this president said nothing. Like, it's so double standard. It's so hypocritical. And and just try to cling to, like, as if it's only Republicans um, that have ever had any issues or any problems whatsoever. And when he brought up even election deniers, I thought, well, I hope he's called Hillary Clinton and I hope he's called Stacey Abrams. Yeah. And, and with regard to the, the political violence, which is never acceptable under any circumstances, and I don't think we know exactly what happened with Paul Pelosi, but uh, that's a situation where if it's politically motivated violence, it, it should not be tolerated and should be condemned outright. But let's let's remember 
that all of the, the left and all the blue check marks on Twitter and Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who's a, a filmmaker of some sort, I understand, all mocked and made jokes about the fact that Rand Paul was brutally attacked by his neighbor who beat him to within an inch of his life. Everyone thought that was a riot and really funny, including Nancy Pelosi's daughter. So, uh, you know, I think I would I would rather see a little consistency from the president of the United States. And, and then talking about election deniers, let's remember, no one should ever forget that Joe Biden himself earlier this year said that these midterm elections that, again, are in six days would be perceived as illegitimate in his words, illegitimate if he didn't get his way on the election laws he was pushing. They did not pass. So does that mean that the election that's happening in six days is going to be illegitimate, according to Joe Biden? He's the president of the United States, and this, he likes to say the words of a president matter. He himself was preemptively denying the results of the upcoming election. He should point those fingers at himself. Yeah, 1,000 percent. In fact, he said that at the White House, January 19th. Um, it, it, you're right. It's like needs to look in the mirror. Before I let you go, Tim Murtaugh, former Trump communication director, I want to go through a couple big races, um, some candidates that you know well. Um, what is going to happen with Kelly Chewbacca? Big race, of course, there in Alaska, Tudor Dixon, uh, Ron Johnson, and Harriet Hageman. Uh, big races. Uh, yeah, well, let's, <laughs> they, those are really big races. I think in, in Alaska, the Senate race up there, Kelly Chewbacca has a really great chance to knock off Lisa Murkowski. Murkowski has become more liberal over her 21 years in the Senate. She's now Joe Biden's chief ally. The Alaska Republican Party has censured her, told her she can't be a Republican anymore. Alaska is a state that went for Donald Trump by double digits twice. So I think that Kelly Chewbacca, even with the ranked choice voting system that they have up there now, I think Kelly Chewbacca has a really, really good chance to beat Lisa Murkowski. That race that race shows that it's tied. All the polls show it's a dead heat. So it's really going to come out to turn out uh, on Tuesday. I know everybody always says that. But in this case, I think it's actually true. It's a dead heat right now. And Kelly Chewbacca can win. Tudor Dixon in Michigan has come on so strong. She was once down by 20 points to Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan. And now there was a poll that came out today or yesterday, maybe, that shows that uh, Tudor Dixon has actually inched into the lead. She's, she shows a ahead of Whitmer by point two points. Uh, so that is another one that's coming down and will, and will affect the direction of Michigan. I think Tudor Dixon has an excellent chance to win that race. Um, Ron Johnson, in the incumbent U.S. senator in Wisconsin, Democrats are throwing everything that they've got at him. Unfortunately for them, they have nominated an extreme radical in Mandela Barnes, the current lieutenant governor, and uh, they have really, really thrown millions of dollars in negative, deceitful ads at Ron Johnson. But I do think that Ron Johnson is going to hold on and get reelected. In, in the, to the Senate from Wisconsin. And then Harriet Hageman, you know, let's be honest about this. The, the primary election was the big moment in, in this race when she beat Liz Cheney in August uh, for the only member of the House in uh, the state of Wyoming. And uh, Harriet is, is cruising to the finisher. She's working really hard. She's campaigning in Wyoming. She's also helping other Republicans uh, around the country to make sure that she joins a strong conservative majority in the House. And uh, yep. look for Harriet to win, I think, fairly easily on Tuesday. Well, we will be watching closely. Tim, thank you so much. I wish you and all these great candidates luck on Tuesday night. Everybody get out and vote. And Tim, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. 
This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, officials in Bridgeport, Connecticut, are going to be honoring police officers who rescued an older man who was found unresponsive and also behind the wheel of a burning vehicle on Main and Grand Streets. It happened last Saturday night. Dispatchers received multiple calls that there was a man who was not moving and he was in a burning car, which had struck another vehicle. The car was still in drive with the tires spinning, including one tire that was flat and spinning on a rim with smoke and flames very visible. The officers who were first on the scene were able to get the man out safely despite a lot of fire. The man was taken to St. Vincent Hospital with unknown injuries and is expected to recover. The city officials are expected to honor the four officers who were there immediately on the scene and saved his life. And by the way, everybody, you know I always love doing Back the Blue every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Be sure to join 77 WABC and also Ramsey Mazda and the Red Apple Audio Network as we honor law enforcement officials across the country. That's going to happen tomorrow, November 3rd, with lots of special guests and commentary, 77 WABC, Red Apple Audio Networks, and also Ramsey Mazda, Back the Blue. It takes place tomorrow with some great, great special guests. I'll also be doing a panel where I'll be talking to a lot of commissioners in law enforcement those who are on the fight, you know, really the front lines defending us and protecting us every single day. It's going to be a great day where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement. And also to that end, everybody, be sure to sign our petition to make our communities safe. This is a priority. You see it. It's on the ballot. Law and order. Literally, you can see the candidates that care about law and order and trying to reduce crime in our communities. And our law enforcement really need our support. So head over to petition.ritacosbyonline.com, petition.ritacosbyonline.com right now. And if you support the men and women of law enforcement who put their lives on the line every single day to protect all of us, be sure to sign our petition to make communities safer by supporting law enforcement. That is so important right now. They need to know that we care about them and we have their back. So go to petition.ritacosbyonline.com and be sure to sign up now. Add your name to the list and show law enforcement that we love and we appreciate them. Well, President Biden tonight basically said the world is coming to an end if you don't vote Democrat when you go to the voting booth next Tuesday. Now, just a few days away, I found his speech 
completely just distasteful. Here it is, the sitting president of the United States. It reminded me of his Darth Vader speech that he gave, remember, with the red lights and with the Marines standing side by side. It was like, you know, like a a third world country, like you will vote. You will vote for us or else. And it was basically the same message again tonight. It was mega MAGA, threat to democracy. The world's under attack. You have to vote Democratic. And clearly, they are seeing the polls. This was a last-minute speech that was planned. It was not scheduled. Suddenly, they just put it on his books. And I found it really ironic that the speech took place uh, at Union Station in New York. Now, I mean, in Washington, D.C., they say... Of course, that they picked Union Station because it's on Capitol Hill and it was not far from the Capitol itself. And that was the reason so they could highlight January 6th because everything about them is January 6th, January 6th. They have nothing else to talk about. January 6th, January 6th, right? But I found it really ironic that they picked Union Station in Washington, D.C. I used to live and, you know, right outside D.C. I worked, I was covered White House for Fox News six years. I was senior correspondent down there covering White House and Capitol Hill. The Fox Bureau is not too far down the street. I walked into Union Station all the time. And I'll tell you, anytime I've even been there recently, it's like filled with homeless, filled with drug addicts. It's like the worst of the worst. If you've seen like Penn Station at 2 in the morning, welcome to Union Station at 2 in the morning. Duck, right? You know, so he picks this setting where also migrants are being bussed in, bussed out. He doesn't talk about the border. He doesn't talk about the rampant crime that take place at Union Station. He doesn't talk about the homeless people that have set up a tent city right in front of Union Station. Oh, no. All of it is we don't like Trump and January 6th. That's basically his message. It just shows to me that they are so desperate. And it's a real disgusting, I think, attempt to divide America with the message that you're either with us or you're not American. You're against us, basically. You're not a part of this country. You you are basically not worthy. That was really sort of the message. It was like, we're I'm the president, and you're with us to this kumbaya moment. And if you're not part of it, well, then you are a threat to the fabric of this country. And to me, that was so disgusting. It's all about going after Trump. And this is sort of how we started his speech where he said, this is a pivotal moment. In other words, vote Democrat, I'm begging you, I'm begging you. Take a listen. In this moment, we have to confront those lies with the truth. The very future of our nation depends on it. My fellow Americans, we're facing a defining moment, an inflection point. We must, with one overwhelming, unified voice, speak as a country, and say there's no place, no place for voter intimidation or political violence in America. Right. So where was he during the summer of 2020? I didn't hear him again after Brett Kavanaugh had that would-be assassin show up at his house with weapons on him. No, nothing there. Didn't say anything when the Rubio staffer was beaten just recently. And as Tim Murtaugh, who's just on the show, talked about, Rand Paul After everything happened with Rand Paul, remember his neighbor beat him and broke six of his ribs? People were on TV laughing and mocking about it. A lot of Democrats were, including Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who is a filmmaker. She tweeted out like, uh, oh, a bravo basically to the neighbor. And there were some really horrible things out there. He never condemned that. 
It's so disgusting. And yet everything he's trying to say, everything comes down to January 6th. Don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about the staggering crime rates. Just think about Trump when you go to the voting booth. I mean, this to me is such a pathetic, horrible, distasteful, un-American speech by an American president. Take a listen. Here he is and basically said the end of the world is coming if you don't vote Democrat. Take a listen. You know, American democracy is under attack because the defeated former president of the United States refuses to accept the results of the 2020 election. He refuses to accept the will of the people. He refuses to accept the fact that he lost. You know, is that what you're thinking about right now? Sorry. If you look even at the polls, January 6th is like not even double digits for anybody's concern right now. They are so worried about threats overseas. They're worried about Russia, Ukraine. They're certainly worried about economy. They're worried about crime, rampant crime. And he's not addressing that in any shape or form. And yet this is all political smears to try to galvanize the Democratic base to get them out because he's seeing that they don't like him. They're seeing that they're disaffected, they're uninterested, they're ungalvanized, and they're just disgusted with this presidency. And you can bet whatever happens probably in the midterms that I don't think Biden's going to be on the ballot. He may think he is. He may think he is even uh, if he's not. (laughs) Who knows? He can't figure out what day it is. Remember in the speech tonight? This was the other thing. He was talking about the election on November 9th. I thought, are you kidding me? He doesn't know it's November 8th. This is the president of the United States. Last night, he couldn't figure out if it's Iraq or if it's Ukraine. Tonight, he couldn't figure out if election day is the 9th or the 8th. Will someone please tell him it's Tuesday, November 8th? And here's a little bit more of his comment, basically using the whole moment tonight to smear President Trump as if he's on the ballot next Tuesday. He has abused his power and put the loyalty to himself before loyalty to the Constitution. And he's made a big lie, an article of faith in the MAGA Republican Party. And he said, there are so many election deniers on the ballot. And I thought, oh, wow, I didn't know Hillary was on the ballot. That's right. Stacey Abrams is on the ballot. But yet he has never once called them out. And as Tim Murtaugh just aptly said, it was back in January where the president was at the White House, January 19th. He's at the White House. And he was asked by a reporter if some of these new things that are going in place in Pennsylvania and elsewhere Will you question the legitimacy of the elections? And he came out and said, yeah, I I might. I will. I mean, when you hear that, he's an election denier. So he is in no place to be criticizing anybody for questioning the election. In other words, if the Republicans win, you know, then it's okay to question the elections. But if the Democrats win, how dare the Republicans question anything? That, to me, is such a disgusting double standard. And his smears just reminded me so much of what he did in that famous sort of Darth Vader speech. Remember when he had the red lighting and that whole to-do when he was in Philly? Uh, Remember this. It wasn't that long ago. So he's on a smear roll because they're desperate. Take a listen to this. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together, together we can choose a different path. 
We can choose a better path forward to the future. A future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. And we're on that path moving ahead. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. Right. And that's why it's okay for them to reject it, but nobody else is allowed to question it. The double standards are so glaring. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Priscilla in North Carolina. Priscilla, your thoughts about all this? Hey, Reed, it's nice to be able to speak with you. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. By the way, where are you in beautiful North Carolina? Greenville. Home All of right. ECU. I used to work in Charlotte, North Carolina, so oh, I love cool. you. I love it. I hear you. Cool. Um, you opened up your um, program tonight. You were talking about that President Trump uh, announcing uh, a run for 24 after the midterm. Yes. Over with. Yes. He says that uh, or there people are quoting close to him that he may do it right after the midterms. Well, Rita, do you remember back when um, it was 2018 or 2019 that he was at the wall and he made that speech? He said, um, the 25th Amendment um, means nothing to me. He says, I'm not worried about it. He says, but it will come back to haunt the Biden administration. He didn't say it might. It could. He said it will. Like he has a crystal ball or something and he could see ahead. You know what I'm saying? He says it will come back to haunt the Biden administration. Now, as far as Kevin McCarthy goes, he doesn't support Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Okay, and where I'm going at with this here is I know it's been thrown out there that he may, you know, people want him to run for Speaker of the House, but he hasn't announced it or anything. He says it doesn't mean anything to him. It's not anything he wanted to do. But however, he doesn't support Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. He doesn't recommend him, but he doesn't say who he does support or who he does recommend. So I'm hoping and thinking that he is going to run for Speaker of the House and he's going to um, impeach Biden and Harris. And then who does that put president? It puts him president. And he says in his rallies, many times he says, we, the country cannot stand two more years of the Biden administration. He says, we have to do something now. So you so think, my, so you think Priscilla, he's sort of got a master plan, by the way, uh, my buddy, Wayne Allen Root, uh, he is a uh, talk show host in Vegas. And he believes this too, that, that there's some sort of plan for a speaker. At least he did. I think he now thinks that if he looks at the polls and I think that that idea was sort of floated. It's interesting, Priscilla, because I could see him thinking of these different things. But I think if you look at the new polls that just came out just recently, he, in a matchup, if it's Biden, and who knows if it's going to be Biden. I don't think the Democratic Party even wants Biden. Nobody wants him around. You know, it's like, no, please, please don't come and campaign for me. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Stay home in your closet. Please. I'm begging you, right? Um, even the Democrats are like, oh, they're done with them and they see how bad things have been. But I think the president now, the former president, is looking at the polls. And as I was saying, a few weeks ago, they were almost neck and neck in the polls. There are some new polls that just came out that show if a matchup were held today between Biden and former President Trump, Trump would win. Again, it's only one or two polls, but 
he's looking at that. So if I'm him, he's thinking, I want to go back. A, he feels that obviously he has issues with the last election. Uh, and many people do, just even in part with the Hunter Biden coverage alone. You know, there's a lot of things there um, that you can pack in. And I think he feels that there is a real moment where he could actually uh, get back into the Oval Office. So I think if he knows he has the chance to go to the Oval Office, he doesn't need to take a circuitous route. But uh, but you can't rule anything out. Who knows, Priscilla? You never know. You never know. Either way, I think he is going to run for, uh, I would say, president. But I think he will certainly have a hand, whoever will be speaker in the House. And it seems that him and Kevin McCarthy sort of, bump, you know, smoothed over their bumps. They had some bumps, especially right after January 6th and issues. But then remember, uh, like it seems like almost every other Republican, Kevin McCarthy came to Mar-a-Lago and said, oh, Mr. Former President, please, please, can I get back in your good graces? And he said, yes, you can, basically. Remember that whole thing? It was like one of the first ones who came back, and they seem to be good buddies and have smoothed things over. So I think that McCarthy probably will be speaker if the Republicans win, and I think that Trump will probably run and I think probably get the nomination if he runs and decides to run, especially he may get in there early. I think Trump style, he's not going to want to wait. I think he's going to want to be one of the first or the first to throw his hat into the ring. Uh, Boy, is it going to get interesting. Priscilla, take care of beautiful North Carolina, which I love so much. And we're going to continue, everybody, with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show. President Biden, doom and gloom, and all he's got in his wheelhouse is slamming Trump and January 6th. I mean, that's it. And to me, what a waste of time. And are people out there seriously thinking, uh, yeah, I'm going to be thinking of January 6th. Trump isn't on the ballot. Uh, Nobody, uh, you know, I mean, nobody's thinking that way. They're thinking, gosh, I'm worried about my economy. I'm worried about crime. I'm worried about this. And... He's not even coming up with solutions to that. It's not like he's adding January 6th on. It's like a, a buffet. And you say, okay, I'll add the last dish and make it January 6th. No, no, no. It's like I'll take 10 helpings of January 6th and let me add two more <laughs> helpings of January 6th and forget about anything else. And I think it's an insult to Americans at a time where we're looking at the numbers. The Fed just raised uh, 0.75 basis points. You know, if you've got a variable mortgage, You're seeing it every single day, paying off credit cards every single day. You go to the grocery store every single day. The numbers are skyrocketing. The market reacted like, oh, my God, because Powell said more may be coming. He didn't say things are going to be so much better come November 8th. Jerome Powell, the head of the Fed, basically said, expect more coming, expect more pain. And then Biden says, vote because of January 6th. Not because we're going to relieve your pain. <laughs> it's like a doctor saying, you know, hey, I know uh, you came here because you got a broken arm, but think about January 6th. <laughs> it's like, and have a good day. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Kim, line six. Kim, your thoughts about all this? 
Hey, sorry, I forgot you. I forgot to use my better alias, Devin. <laughs> How you doing, Rita? I love you. I love everything you do. You're 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 a gift to this nation. Um, I just want to say that uh, Biden, for him to say that the MAGA Republicans are a party of chaos is hysterical. Says the guy who's the leader of the party that literally burnt half the country and um you know in their little riots in 2020. Says the guy who's the leader of like the BLM party. Says the guy who, you know, is the leader of the children that run into bathrooms to protest senators or Congress people when they're there. Uh, says the guy, you know, who wants to lecture, uh, you know, us about what to teach our eight-year-old children when it comes to, you know, transgenderism. I mean, we're the party of chaos? It is, like, come on. It, it's a joke. And they are going to get absolutely creamed on November 8th, and I cannot wait to see it. You know, Kim— the fact that also he has never condemned those actions too, like you know, even if the you know, think about the riots. I I go back to that. His party was saying we want more of it, and even Nancy Pelosi was saying they're protesting and they should keep protesting. And and Kamala Harris was literally bailing out the the rioters with that Minnesota Freedom Fund, where those rioters, and that wasn't just in, in Minnesota. It was called that because it started there. But they basically, the rioters that were burning down, whether it was New York or, you know, or Miami, wherever it was, they had a card basically. Hey, don't worry if you get caught. Here's the card. Here's the card to call if you need to get bailed out, if you get arrested for, you know, hitting a cop with a brick over his head. Or if you did this or if you burned a building down, here's the card to call. We'll bail you out. And guess who was funding that? The Democratic Party, in much part, and also the vice president of the United States. That's disgusting, Kim. Absolutely. And by the way, don't call them rioters. Those were peaceful protesters, Rita. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's Ali Veshi from uh, MSNBC. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I've covered war zones. I've been in, you know, Kosovo and Middle East and all that stuff. You know, it's like it's like nothing. Don't worry about this. The bombs are flying. It was like worse than the war zones I've been in. And yet, no, it's a peaceful. It's almost like Saturday Night Live. It's so ridiculous, Kim. You know, you have to laugh because you want to just cry. It's the hypocrisy is ripe. And the fact that he has never condemned it, nor have other of these leaders that we're talking about in his own party, it's shameful and it's pathetic. And it just shows it's like they're living in la-la land and they don't want us to believe what we see with our own eyes. Kim, thank you very much. Love the call. And everybody, we're going to continue your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, President Biden said it'll be the end of democracy if you don't vote for the Democrats next Tuesday, that the world is coming to an end. Sounds like AOC, who said, remember, uh, the climate's coming to there won't be any climate left. The world's coming to an end. It's the same thing. You have to vote Democratic or else or else I won't stay in power and my party will basically boot me out and beg me not to run again. That's basically the backstory. But here is President Biden just a little bit ago, and I found his speech arrogant. I found it self-serving. I found it unpresidential. 
And I also found it incredibly desperate because he is seeing that many races are tightening in a big, big way and not necessarily for the Democrats. And so he basically is saying, don't worry about the economy. Don't worry about crime. Just think about January 6th and and basically the future of our country. And the only way to solve that is to vote for Democrats who want to have windmills and kill the oil industry and have no plan on the economy or crime. But just vote for them anyway. Take a listen. This is a struggle we're now in, a struggle for democracy, a struggle for decency and dignity, a struggle for prosperity and progress, a struggle for the very soul of America itself. Decency and dignity from a man who said that MAGA Republicans are a threat to the republic. And you can tell he's so worried about President Trump in the speech that President Biden gave just a little bit ago, which all the networks carried, all the different cable networks were covering it. He also said the MAGA Republicans, I know that they're just a small portion of the Republican Party. And that other president, he lost It's like, it's so personal. Get over it, buddy. You are the president of the United States. He's trying anything he can do to diminish President Trump and his supporters. It's disgusting to basically say that a whole swath of Republicans, paint them with one big broad brush, that you basically are against the republic. You have no place in Biden's America. Take a listen. Here's a little more of what the uniter-in-chief, the so-called uniter-in-chief, said. I know there's a lot at stake in these midterm elections, from our economy, the safety of our streets, to our personal freedoms, the future of health care, Social Security, Medicare. It's all important. But we'll have our differences. We'll have our difference of opinion. And that's what it's supposed to be. But there's something else at stake. Democracy itself. Democracy itself is about to crumble if you don't vote for the Democrats, who one of our last callers aptly described, they have no plan on the economy, no plan on crime, open borders. They want to tell you how to teach your kids. They want to talk about gender. They want to talk about CRT. But right, they're the ones who know democracy, and you don't know anything about democracy if you don't vote for Democrats To me, how arrogant and how condescending. And here's Corinne Jean-Pierre at the White House, of course, the White House press secretary, amplifying what the president had to say. At least she could get the words out better than he could. But here it is. The president has long talked about our nation being at an inflection point. He has been clear democracy is under assault and we cannot pretend otherwise. The president will continue to call attention to the threat to to democratic integrity and to public safety posed by those who deny the documented truth about election result and those who seek to undermine public faith in our system of government. Unfortunately, we have seen mega, MAGA Republican officials who don't believe in the rule of law. They refuse to accept the results of free and fair elections, and they fan the flames of political violence through what they praise and what they refuse to condemn. How disgusting when they've had people in their own party who have questioned elections. By the way, I covered Trump's inauguration, and I remember there were so many Democrats who wouldn't attend, who said he's illegitimate. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And I think back 
even, you know, the, the congressman in South Carolina who helped elevate Joe Biden, he was an election denier. He had a problem with the elections. That was the Bush v. Gore time. Oh, no, it was the Kerry versus Bush time. He had a problem. But guess what? That's okay. And Hillary Clinton, she basically already said that 2022 and 2024, that they already may not be legitimate elections. And yet, this is what she had the audacity to say on MSNBC just a few days ago to the host, Joy Reid, basically saying that voters don't understand the issues when Joy Reid said, look, look at the polls. You guys are not doing well in the polls. You're disconnected from the American public. The American public isn't really thinking of January 6th. They're thinking of economy, well, well, you know, all these things. And here's Hillary's response basically saying, well, voters are not really smart enough to figure out the issues. Uh, I mean, what a condescending comment. Listen to this. Having a Republican House would mean that the people you're talking about would be even more empowered. That faction would be in power. Well, I think with all of the noise that we've got in this election season, um, I don't think people um, are able to really grasp that. But more importantly, I'm not sure they really understand the threats to their way of life. They may think that whoever's chairing a committee is, you know, kind of abstract. But the Republicans in the House and others, like the chair of the Republican Senate Campaign Committee, are on record saying that they are going to put Social Security and Medicare up for a vote. So, you know what? First of all, that is is not correct. And even The Washington Post gave four Pinocchios to that comment. But that's a whole other matter. But basically, they need to get better educated, like you're not smart enough. If you're not voting for Democrats. Well, here's Greg Gutfeld on the five with his comeback to all of this. And when they say it's a threat to democracy, I think what they're really saying is a threat to Democrats. Right. Mm Because it's the only time they feel a sense of urgency is when they're about to be tossed out. When you look at what they call a threat to Democrats or a threat to democracy, it's voter IDs. It's free speech, which is now being redefined as disinformation. It's Elon Musk buying Twitter. Somehow that's going to end the world. It's Fox (laughs) News, which just presents a fair and balanced view of the news, which has so long been biased. So and what's not a threat to them? Crime. If you bring up crime, they make fun of you. The riots, the looting, that was social justice. So I think they kind of put themselves in a corner because they've been demonizing people for so long. They don't know where to go. Yeah. Crime's not a threat to democracy, your security, your safety, being like basically uh, skyrocketing inflation, a potential pulling further into the war in Ukraine. That's not a threat to democracy. What about the fact that President Biden uh, seems to be wanting to renew this crazy deal with Iran at a time where there's a chance they may be attacking Saudi Arabia? I mean, there's like all this stuff going on. That's not a threat to democracy. Oh, no. January 6 is what what a bunch of hogwash 1-800-848-9222 1-800-848-9222 let's go to Teddy line one Ted your thoughts about all this oh hi Rita how you doing uh appreciate you taking my call uh Rita I just want to give you a piece of information two pieces of information uh one of the uh perpetrators in the January 6th uh, insurrection, a retired New York City cop was sentenced to 12 years in prison. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but I applaud that. He was an insurrectionist against democracy. I disagree with you strongly. 
democracy is the main issue in these elections, and that is the one reason why I'm not voting for Zeldin, even though he is strong on crime, and Hochul has to do a much better job. She has not done the job on crime. I agree with you on this on that point, but however, because Zeldin is a, an election denier, and I want Norm to hear this, and BJ, and Phil, and Dom, the rest of the sycophants that call up, and they disparage me and David, and then when you, you get upset when they... Uh, Ted, David, Ted, Ted, you're, Ted, you're sounding like, over. hang on, you're sounding like high school here, okay? But let's, let's move on to what we're talking about, the elections. I, I want to go back first off. And and Ted, I love to hear from everybody. You know that that's and 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 I appreciate Norm's view and BJ and Dom since they're not here uh, to defend themselves. I I think they all offer great important thoughts. As do you. So I appreciate everybody. Um, you just said that even though you basically believe that Kathy Hochul is weak on crime and needs to do more work on that, you're going to go with somebody who's weak on crime um, because. What January 6th matters to you? And separately, let me ask you about the fact that Kathy Hochul um, is going to have Hillary Clinton by her side. Hillary Clinton has denied elections. So doesn't that exclude Kathy Hochul in your mind? Because Hillary Clinton has denied elections. That The problem I have, Teddy, is these complete hypocrisy on the left for Biden to sit there and with a straight face say that Republicans are the threat to democracy and that they're the violent ones. And he never, ever condemned the potential attack on a Supreme Court justice, never, never condemned Rubio's aide who, like, you know, had his eyes beaten up. I mean, you could see it. It's horrible. These were recent, you know, never said anything. But Suddenly, and and what about in the summer of 2020, never said anything. I would have a lot more respect for Biden and others if they said, you know what? We were wrong. We should have done this. We should. They don't even do that. I mean, first of all, they should have said it at the time. They could have they could have stopped many of those protests that were burning American cities and where officers were killed, where other things happened, too, that were horrible. And I don't support violence on any side, by the way, Ted. I come from a, I, I, I hate when I see anybody, especially anybody disrespecting police, whether it happened on January 6th or whether it's happened on the streets during 2020. But you have to agree that 2020, our cities were in flames and there were violent, deadly attacks and there were officers who lost their lives and many others. And guess what? The Democrats said nothing. They were encouraging it, Ted. So for them to act like they have the moral authority today, shame on them. Go ahead. Okay, I'd like to respond. The uh, the woman on the on the View, I forgot her name. She used to work for Trump in the White House. She was very close to him. She said recent, just the other day. Yeah, this is the woman we, who had the falling out with him, oh, Alicia Farah. Yes, I'm yep. sorry. Yes, when Steve, she said when Steve Scalise was attacked, every Democrat, every Democrat condemned it. And then she said she was ashamed of her own party for not condemning what happened to Nancy Pelosi's husband. Not 
every every Republican didn't condemn it. Most and of them did. She Ted, said, Ted. And she is a conservative Republican. Yeah, and Rita she and Ted. Hold on one second. She also hates President Trump. She's come right out and said that. I mean, there's no gray with her. She totally dislikes him. They had a falling out, clearly. And separate than that, many Republicans absolutely came right out. Mitch McConnell, Ted Cruz, President Trump, um, many of them came out and condemned what happened to Paul Pelosi. So many people. And and if they didn't, shame on them. Um, You know, but I can tell you, I know for a fact those and many, many more came out. I have not heard anybody who didn't condemn the attack on Paul Pelosi. And what about Rand Paul, Ted? Where, where he had six broken ribs. Nancy Pelosi's daughter basically was laughing about it. And if you look online, there were people on social media, high-profile Democrats, that were going out there and saying, he's basically the neighbor's the hero. Like, wouldn't it be great to live next door? Uh, you know, where's where's the neighbor when you need him again? I mean, that kind of stuff, That that is so disgusting, Ted. And that's why for them to claim that they have... They're the democracy. They're the moral authority. That to me is that is just it is it's a bunch of lies, Ted. It is a bunch of lies. You've got to admit that. And, and you and I both agree violence is not good, no matter what side. One thousand percent. You and I agree on that. And I think normal people do. But the problem is Biden never has condemned anything tied to the Democrats. And that's what to me, he lost me there. And I think he lost many Americans. Well, I want to see Ted what he did. By the way, what, what I will, Ted, 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 hang on, Ted, 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 you're going to go to the bathroom in your pants. Hold on one second, okay? What what I'm saying is, I don't know. It, did he push somebody? Did he hit somebody? Did he do something like that? Did he break into property, destroy property? If he did certain things like that, then somebody should be punished. I'm just being honest with you. I need to know the details of each specific case because there looks like a lot of cases where people are overcharged and there's some cases where they haven't been charged and they're sitting in solitary. I mean, so, you know, let's look at everything individually. And if somebody did attack somebody, then, yeah, they should pay the price. But you can't smear millions upon millions of people with the bad action of a few. Go ahead, Ted. You seem to somehow not want to address 2020, the summer of 2020. Did you think that was did you think that was peaceful protests? Did you think it, Rita? I condemn it. So where's your party? Where's your party? No, they didn't. They did not, Ted. Well, then you know what? They should have spoken up. It's nice for them to say it now. But, Ted, I wish that you could have called President Biden and Kamala Harris during that time and say, maybe you or your campaign staff shouldn't donate to bail out the freedom, the, quote, freedom fighters that were beating up cops in the streets, the peaceful protesters that were burning businesses and that were killing people. Somehow that message didn't get through to them. And for him to sit there and condemn. That's calling up on your show. David knows what he's talking about. And by the way, I love David's call, too. I love David's call, too. And, Ted, I love yours. And and I just, I don't love hypocrisy. I'm not saying you. I don't love hypocrisy. And I am blatantly seeing it with this president and with the vice president. It's disgusting. And it's divisive at a time where tensions are high. They sit there and they claim, like, oh, we're here to unify people. That is lighting a match and saying, oh, I didn't know there was a fire. I mean, to me, that is despicable. He is the president, and he needs to start acting like it. 
Ted. I love your calls, though. Thank you very much. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, you just heard from Ted, who said that even though he feels Hochul is weaker on crime, he's going to vote because he thinks she can save the democracy, just like Joe Biden, who never condemned the riots. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Actually, Norm's on the line. Uh, I think you were mentioned by name by Teddy. Go ahead, Norm. I'll give you yes, your platform. Um, I, I, first thing, I've I've never disparaged Teddy. I actually devoted a song to him and Stan to cousin Brucey. Um, I have never disparaged. I, I don't get into yelling at the personalities that call up your show. Um, I just deal with the issues. So, um, Teddy, uh, and this is the last time I'm going to discuss him, um, Teddy. I love you, man. Okay? So just that's keep that in beautiful. mind. That's beautiful. Norm, that right. sounded just so sincere and so beautiful yes. and so genuine. Yes. Um, now, yes. now, on the issues, what do you make of the fact that Biden is out there spewing January 6th? Um, you right. were there, right, Norm? Were you ja- there January yes, 6th? I was there. Right. I wasn't in the Capitol. Right. Um, but I was uh, one of the one million people that were on the green. Uh, yes. So are you um, are yeah, you a threat to democracy, Norm? Are you like the if we talk to you, uh, is it the end? He probably would have me rounded up. Um, but, you know, I'm uh, I I don't consider myself a threat to democracy. Um, Rita, let me give you an example of what like I'm going to be doing this Friday. I'm going to a rally for Kathy Hochul at Barnard uh, University there or college, whatever it is. And uh, she's going to have um, Hillary Clinton and Tish James because, you know, Tish James is also up. And uh, now, it's wait a, a minute. Rally. Hey, Norm, because yeah. you're going to have because Hillary's there at, at this rally that uh, you're going to show up with. Obviously, you're on the other end of the political spectrum. Hillary is an election denier. Do you feel OK being in public near an election denier? Well, yeah, yes, I am. I, and my group has committed to being in drag because it is a women's rally. So we will, my guys, and some of these guys are 250 pounds. We're going to be, uh, I don't know, we'll be, uh, you know, picking up our uh, our wardrobe before that. Sounds, it like, a, it sounds like a good looking crowd. <laughs> it will be a very good looking crowd. I might even shave my legs for this. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. All right, Norm. A lot of information here. So tell me, what do you think about Biden okay. in terms of his rhetoric that, that he just smeared Anybody associated with the Republican Party and certainly MAGA. They want to win. They want to win at any cost. They want to win. If uh, uh, I mean, hell, if I was his advisor, I'd probably tell him to do the same damn thing at this point because he has screwed up everything else. So, um, uh, you know, he's uh, uh, he's doing everything to win. Um, basically, you know, basically, basically a Hail Mary, right, Norm? I mean, basically, uh, let's see what we can do. I mean, they don't have that. You heard what I said. They got nothing else in their wheelhouse, nothing else in their tank. We're going to continue your calls after the break. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. 
And in tonight's Support Our Hero segment, a story that's very near and dear to my heart, and I hope to yours as well. It's coming from Velva, North Dakota, where Senator John Hoven presented the Congressional Gold Medal to Gerald Pat Efforts, a veteran of the great Merchant Marines. The medal was presented at a ceremony at the American Legion Post in Velva on Tuesday. Uh, I and many others also played a role to get the Congressional Gold Medal presented to the Merchant Marines in World War II. And to be able to be there in Capitol Hill when it actually got unveiled and to present it to some of them was really one of the greatest honors of my life to be there and was so, so special. And many of them are elderly, uh, like Gerald Efforts. And so now they've been presenting them around the country in individual cities. So many of those who couldn't make it to Washington a few months ago are now able to get it firsthand, including him. Now, efforts enlisted in the Merchant Marines in the fall of 1943 after a discussion with his high school buddy. The Merchant Marines, by the way, transported Army battalions, large vehicles and equipment, and sometimes passengers from place to place via water routes. They were the supply line, a vital line for virtually anything that the Allied armies needed to survive and to fight on the foreign ground. They ran their ships down the middle, not only the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans, but also through the Indian Ocean as well, with the warships on each side, sometimes for protection. But they were really sitting ducks. Uh, More men per capita lost their lives in the Merchant Marines than any other branch of service. And how beautiful that Gerald Pat Efforts was recognized with a very, very much earned congressional gold medal. And it happened just yesterday. Bravo to him and all the great merchant mariners out there. By the way, I also want to give a shout out to this unnamed woman um, because there's this amazing story that's out there. First off, the horrible story of a suspect. Thank goodness they have gotten this guy. He's a 30-year-old, Kendall Howard. He was apprehended finally today after a big search across Newark, New Jersey. And they were looking for him after he opened fire on two New Jersey police officers, shooting two of them. Fortunately, they will survive, thank goodness. And there was an all-out manhunt for this guy. And in the middle of this guy opening fire on law enforcement, suddenly uh, there's this incredible footage that you see of an unnamed woman calmly tending to the wounds of one of the officers who was shot in the neck, as you see, like all this blood pouring out of the scene. And there's still a barrage of bullets as Howard is apparently still opening fire on the officers. Think about the guts of this just stranger who happened to be in the area, clearly loves law enforcement came over and was trying to comfort and to try to put pressure on the law enforcement officer's neck, uh, seeing that he was bleeding, worried that he might bleed out, trying to protect him and doing this in a hail of bullets as he is lying there in a pool of blood. It is an unbelievable scene, and it just goes to show just the incredible courage of everyday Americans. And this woman is amazing. I hope that they find who she is. I hope she gets recognized by the city of Newark, and I hope that she gets a chance also to meet the two officers, especially the one uh, that she tended to in one of the most unbelievable circumstances with the bullets flying and this officer there bleeding. 
she is helping him and calmly tending to his wounds. It's an amazing scene and just an inspiration, I think, to all of us. And I hope, again, that they find her and she gets the appropriate recognition that she deserves. Well, we are talking about President Biden and his incredible speech that he gave just a few hours ago. It was sort of like his Darth Vader speech again, where everything is dark, everything is gloomy, and the white knight that's going to save it all is the Democratic Party. And basically... There is no democracy if the Democrats don't stay in power. Do you feel like you're better off now than you were two years ago? That's really the question. You know, do you feel like you have more money in your wallet? Do you feel safer on the streets? Do you feel that they're listening to you? Do you feel that they understand you? Those are the issues on the ballot. But if you listen to President Biden, everything is about January 6th. And he is not mentioning there are so many in his own party that denied elections or questions elections or questioned the legitimacy. He himself on January 19th of this year at the White House basically said that they may not be legitimate elections if there's some of these changes that are in place in different states. And some of them enacted these changes. So does that mean they're illegitimate? He basically said, yeah, they they could then be illegitimate. He questioned the elections, but that's okay. Hillary Clinton continues to question the elections. What, that's okay? Stacey Abrams never conceded for the governor's race in Georgia, and now she's running again. But she still thinks she's in power from the first time, even though she lost. So, I mean, this is so rife with hypocrisy. But President Biden said, oh, no, no, no. When you go to the ballot ballot booth and you go in there and you go in and vote, you need to think about Trump and January 6th. Here's what he said a little bit ago. It's estimated that there are more than 300 election deniers on the ballot all across America this year. We can't ignore the impact this is having on our country. It's damaging, it's corrosive, and it's destructive. And then he also said, guess who is to blame for it all? Again, it's Trump and Mega MAGA. Yet now, extreme MAGA Republicans aim to question not only the legitimacy of past elections, but elections being held now and into the future. The extreme MAGA element of the Republican Party, which is a minority of that party, as I said earlier, but is this driving force, is trying to succeed where they failed in 2020, to suppress the right of voters and subvert the electoral system itself. Give me a break. The double standard is disgusting. Talk about the issues that Americans care about. January 6th doesn't even rate often by any standard in the top 10. If you go to people right now, it's crime and inflation, depending on the order. But no, not to this president. He is desperate. This is what Katie Pavlich of Fox News had to say about this tactic by the president less than a week from the all-important midterms. Um, it's very clear the White House is terrified about voter enthusiasm. They're seeing that Republicans are having big rallies, that Republicans are registering more, vo- more voters, and that they're losing the early voting battle in places like Florida and Georgia, for example, and possibly in Pennsylvania. By the way, it's interesting. In Florida, some of the early votes, this is historic. Many of them are now breaking for the Republicans. That usually never happens in early voting. That is an amazing feat. And he's seeing those numbers, and so is everybody else. 
And guess what? He knows if the Democrats take a bloodbath in terms of the votes on Election Day, if they get booted out and they get booted out handily, especially Senate and House, he knows his fate, his days are numbered in terms of staying in office. There's no way that he's going to be able to run in 2024. They're going to put up uh, Pete Buttigieg or somebody else, maybe Stacey Abrams or Amy Klobuchar or somebody, anybody. They're not going to want him. And in fact, the candidates are running away from him right now. So many candidates don't want him to campaign with them even right now. And so yet, it's all about his own survival. It's all about the Democratic Party trying to survive at all costs, and they don't care who they smear. And that's the thing that's so disgusting, is like the Republicans are violent, and we're the flower children. And that's right. It was a peaceful protest in the summer of 2020 when things were burning down and we were egging them on. It's ridiculous. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to BJ. Let's go to BJ, line four. Go ahead, BJ. So, uh, Rita, um, you know, I I was listening to that speech, and it sounds like Joe Biden will talk to anyone who will listen. This is the most pathetic, uh, desperate speech of a failed regime uh, and, you know, what really strikes me is that <clears throat> how I know that's true is because I hear no one saying what a great job Joe Biden is doing. Anyone, including the people that voted for him, are tra- they look like uh, the morning after walking out of motel. I mean, they really look like they just, uh, you know, uh, uh, would rather not talk about this big, big mistake in the middle of the room. And uh, as far as uh, Teddy's concerned, he makes me laugh all the time. I love that guy. Uh, he's like a cartoon uh, character on uh, Saturday Night Live when Saturday Night Live was funny. So I don't know where he gets in his head that I'm making fun of him. Uh, he actually is a, has a lot of integrity. At least he tries to be consistent about his points of view. Uh, I don't agree with them, but, uh, you know, I, I, I get a big kick out of him. Yeah, and by the uh, way, and BJ, I, I appreciate it, too, because I, you know, I don't agree with a lot of what he says. No. Um, but I appreciate his views and respect his views just like I do yours. And and it's important to hear from all sides. I mean, that's what makes America great, you know. Um, but Reagan I, said, be a happy warrior. Yep. He said, be a happy warrior. And that's what I strive to be, be a happy warrior. And uh, he also said the more the plans fail, the more the planners plan. And that's what Joe Biden's story seems to be. Yeah. And so much for a uniter in chief. Boy, did he show. (laughs) Yeah, I know. BJ, I knew you'd get a kick out of that because boy, did he show his hand. I know. It's a classic. BJ, thank you. The laptop, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The laptop that uh, now uh, Democrats even said might have changed their vote after the 2020 election to me. Uh, That is so outrageous. And that's why I think, by the way, BJ, I think, and according to reports, too, President Trump will probably announce, I think, soon after the midterms, because he's saying, wait a minute, the laptop was suppressed. This is happening. Uh, Biden has, like, driven the country to uh, off the cliff um, in so many different directions. Uh, He's got a lot to talk about and say, miss me yet. You know, will you take a mean tweet now? You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, please, we'll deal with the mean tweet if we can at least uh, see our 401k for once, you know. 1-800-848-9222, 800 
848-9222. Let's go to Steve, line six. Steve, your thoughts about this? Oh, yeah. Hi. I'm just thinking that this guy, Joe Biden, fits the definition of a demagogue. Would you not agree? And why do you think a demagogue in well, particular? That's well, an interesting yeah, word. I mean, it's, it's terrible. You know, we grew up in this place called America that that had such wonderful people in it politically, uh, nice, uh, good, good presidents that had some kind of morals. But basically, he lies through his teeth every which way just to arouse the public at large anyway, uh, to to uh, to make him look better about his job, his son being killed in Iraq. What a bunch of hogwash about the the cost of the uh, gasoline being five dollars, the threat by Republicans, et cetera, to democracy when he himself, by definition, being a demagogue, he is a threat really to democracy. It's, it's astounding that whatever these Democrats accuse the Republicans of, they themselves are doing every which way. It's just amazing. You just can't make this stuff up. Yeah, you can't make this stuff up. And it is really, I just think it's a disgusting it's, smear to um, Steve. It's more than just disgusting. It's so dangerous because you have an uninformed electorate because these people are lying through their teeth every which way. How can you have people being elected appropriately if they are lied to by, the pub- by these politicians and the media, uh, big tech and everything else, suppressing the truth. It's a really dangerous situation that this country is in right now. Well, that's, that's why. That's to democracy. You that know, is it. You know what's interesting? I want to play again. Um, and Steve, you kind of hit on what I thought was a really interesting point from Greg Gutfeld. This is cut 27. I want to play this again because Greg yeah. is, is sort of turning the tables. Take a listen. I'll get you to respond. Here it is again. And when they say it's a threat to democracy, I think what they're really saying is a threat to Democrats. Right. Mm Because it's the only time they feel a sense of urgency is when they're about to be tossed out. When you look at what they call a threat to Democrats or a threat to democracy, it's voter IDs. It's free speech, which is now being redefined as disinformation. It's Elon Musk buying Twitter. Somehow that's going to end the world. It's Fox (laughs) News, which just presents a fair and balanced view of the news, which has so long been biased. So and what's not a threat to them? Crime. If you bring up crime, they make fun of you. The riots, the looting, that was social justice. So I think they kind of put themselves in a corner because they, they've been demonizing people for so long. They don't know where to go. You know, it's an interesting point, Steve. He said it's a threat to democracy if it's a threat to Democrats. And free speech, voter ID, these things are threats to democracy? I mean, it's it's absurd, Steve. Biden is correct in the sense that there is a threat to democracy, but it, it is he himself anyway. He is a threat to democracy. I've never seen such a threat to democracy as this guy, as this guy Biden. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me just read to you what a definition of demagogue is from the Internet that I have. A demagogue or, or rabble-rouser is a political leader in a democracy who gains popularity by arousing the common people against others, especially through oratory, that whips up the passions of crowds, appealing to, I'm sorry for the length, uh, to, to emotion by scapegoating outgroups, i.e. Republicans, exaggerating dangers to stoke fears, lying for emotional effect, well, there you go, Biden, or other rhetoric that tends to drown out reason, de- deliberation, and encourage fanatical popularity. By the way, this Steve, is, I'd give him 100% yeah. on that. That actually fits to a T. Very brilliant. You know, it's unfortunate, Sadly. It's unfortunate that you have a, a media out there that, does not take in this issue, you know, does not address the issue that we have a big liar as president like never before we've had. And it is really a threat to our democracy. Well, okay? the, and, and Steve, by the way, they are the same ones who think that uh, John Fetterman um, is like, you know, deserves to win the debate competition and speech competition with all due respect. And I give him a lot of credit. 
uh, anybody who's gone through a stroke. It's a horrible thing. Um, but he was not Mr. Eloquent. And the fact that they are putting tons of money in that race, they know that, you know, he's got a lot of issues right now, but they want to win at all costs. And that's exactly sort of the same feeling that Biden has win at all costs, smear everybody else. And I think there's something disgusting when it's the president of the United States who is the one behind those smears. Let's go to Pete. Line four. Pete, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Thanks for the way you handle Teddy. And I got a message, a kind message to Teddy and Stan. I have two homebound people that can't get to vote and they're voting Republican. So tomorrow I'm going to take them to the polls, stay with them patiently and help them, my wife and I, and they will cancel Stan and Teddy's vote. Don't say that. They will cry. We don't want Ted and Stan to cry, Pete. Yeah, well, they'll have to because their vote will not count because I just offset it. You see, because I don't like the way he talked about Norman. Norman's my buddy. He adds so much to your show. And the thing about Norman that I'm going to tell everybody is he don't use a computer. Everything is out of his head reading articles and doing. If he had a computer and did the internet, forget about it. He would just be a a knockout. He'd be, yes, he would be. He would be walking Einstein. Well, and I love Norm. He's unbelievable. He is great. And you know, I always love hearing from him and always love hearing from you, Pete, and love hearing from Ted and Stan. I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear different views all the time. And I'm glad that you're helping those folks to get out and vote because everybody's got to get out and vote. Every single vote is so important. And a lot of these races are nail biters. I mean, the Lee Zeldin race and Kathy Hochul race, it's a nail biter right now. You don't know. They're in the margin of error. You look at some of these other key races we were just talking about with Tim Murtaugh in the last hour. Um, Tudor Dixon, Michigan, nail biter. Pennsylvania for sure is a nail biter. Um, You're looking at Arizona, Nevada. I mean, there's a lot of these races, guys. Georgia, my God, the list goes on and on and on. Wisconsin, there's some real biggies out there, and every single vote counts. And really, you just got to get that that extra vote um, in there, and you can't say afterwards, God, I wish I had or I wish I had told my neighbor to vote. So I'm glad that you're getting everybody galvanized, Pete. We always love hearing from you. Thanks so much. We're going to continue with your calls after the break, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Biden basically says you are a threat to democracy if you're a threat to the Democrats. If you don't agree with Democrats, then you're a threat to this country. Disgusting for a president to say shame on him, and it shows how desperate they are with the numbers closing in on the Democrats with now less than a week till Election Day. We'll be right back. The Rita Cosby Show. And remember, tomorrow is our big Back the Blue Day, we're going to be honoring our great men and women in law enforcement. Go to petition.ritacosbyonline.com. Sign our petition to say that you want our streets to be safer and you want to back the men and women in blue. 
Uh, we're going to be doing some great shout-outs to them tomorrow. I'll be playing some highlights tomorrow night on the show. And obviously still talking a lot about this. Also, as we mentioned, uh, the new news also that President Trump going on the offense, now suing New York Attorney General Letitia James, saying that she is pursuing a relentless, pernicious, public and unapologetic crusade against President Trump with a goal of destroying him personally, financially and politically. And he is saying she has overreached her office. So very interesting stuff as he may be potentially announcing that he may run for president soon after the midterms. And again, the election less than a week away. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom, line seven. Dom, your thoughts about all this? Yeah, Rita, thanks for saving me for the last. Here it comes. (laughs) The best for the last, saving the best. I, I have them work up to you, okay, Dom? Yes, thank you. So, you know, this is your favorite sycophant calling, and thank you, Ted, for that honorary degree. That's what I wanted to say at the outset. Uh, you know, Ted should be featured on Ted Talk. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> He's got fire. I'll give him that. He's got spunk. Yeah, yeah. So before I get to Joe, I just wanted to say that your response to David from New Jersey yesterday is what we needed to save free speech in this country. I know many a talk show host that would have flicked David off as a cook, but you let him rant and vent his anger, which is a critical need for a free society today. So... In my book, you're the queen of free speech. So Thank I, you. I think, yeah, I think I think we, we sure could use your talents in the halls of Congress. You got my vote. Thank you very much, Dom. Well, maybe I could run for president. You could be vice president. Teddy could be our press secretary. What do you think about that? I'm <laughs> just kidding. We're going to continue with your calls tomorrow night. Have a great night, everybody. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.